As entrepreneurs, we all want to make a huge difference. And one of the best ways is to follow those who have made a huge difference. And I've got a remarkable entrepreneur with us today who uh, has a great story of how she really reinvented herself in 2008, 2009, and some lessons learned that are going to be applicable for all entrepreneurs. See, she is an orthodontist, been an orthodontist for over 27 years. She's extremely successful. Matter of fact, she's her practice, and she has four practices, uh, is in the top 1% of all revenue in uh, North America. I mean, you know, when you think about that, that is focus, it's deliberate. And the lessons, I got to tell you, they're going to be amazing. You do not want to miss this remarkable guest. Stay tuned. Ordinary success? No way. You want amazing, remarkable, exceptional breakthroughs. Dig deep, think bold, drive hard. Watch yourself soar beyond your dreams. AESNation.com. Donna Galante, I am so excited to have you here. You and I met at Joe Polish's mastermind group, and I'm sitting there kind of wondering whether I really want to learn anything from an orthodontics. I'm going back to those braces days and everything. And I tell you, you took the whole room and you just got everyone so, I mean, focused on what was important. I wanted to invite you and thank you for joining us so we could share your message with, you know, the entrepreneurs who are watching and listening to AES Nation. Well, thank you for having me here. I, I'm looking forward to our time this morning together because, um, I, um, I, I think it's uh, an honor and I love your podcast and I think um, I'm really privileged to be part of it this morning. And thank you for inviting me. Well, Donna, let's go back. You know, one of the things that's so interesting is business is business. And, you know, we, we kind of think ours is unique, uh, you know, whether we're an orthodontist, whether we're a manufacturer of widgets, whether we're, you know, doing something that uh, professional services and, and I think, uh, you know, the lessons you had and have shared are so good. I, and I want to make sure everybody gets those. But I want to get a little background. Like, uh, you know, how, how did you become this really su super successful uh, entrepreneur and, uh, you know, and make it through 2008 and transform yourself? Well, okay. At, well, you know, I, I obviously I went to dental school. And then uh, finished dental school and then decided to go back to dental uh, school and become an orthodontist. So I'm a specialist and I just do braces. And now um, Invisalign has become a big part of our practice. And, you know, quite honestly, I don't think I started out thinking that I was an entrepreneur. Uh, back when I graduated school in 1986, I thought of myself as an orthodontist and I was going to open my practice and hang up my shingle and, and patients were going to start coming in. And, and quite honestly, that's, you know, pretty much kind of what happened over the years. You know, patients would come in and practice kept growing. And, and, and dentistry in general, is a, it's a great profession to be in. People need our services. But, um, and then and what was funny is in, in 2007, um, we did something which I thought at the time was absolutely amazing. was we moved one of our locations from this tiny 1500 square foot office that we were literally exploding out of into a very large um, commercial building that we purchased in 2007, uh, 4,500 square feet, because uh, we needed the space at the time for our 
expanding orthodontic practice. And the, the rest of the story is where it gets really exciting because shortly after we moved in in November of 2007, took out a big loan, you know, you, it's, you know, a lot of, um, a lot of debt service and, and purchasing a building of that size, moving a practice within about six months. And I always tell the story, our phone stopped ringing and I, I, it, and it was really true. I mean, I would be in the office sometimes on a non-patient day, just doing administrative duties, and it would be eerily quiet. And I remember um, I'd call the office on my cell phone just to make sure the phones were still working. And I used to think, okay, well, you know, maybe my husband didn't pay the phone bill or something, because the we literally went. I mean, and it's hard to believe, but maybe some of you listening to this had a similar experience. We went from 80 new patients a month to a barely barely getting in about 15 patients a month starting in about April of 2008. And well, Donna, let was, me stop you here just for a second because I want to bring everybody to that time because I, I, I didn't know this detail of your story. And I, I think all of us as fellow entrepreneurs who were doing business at, during that period, I, I, I built with two partners an office building, a 44,000 square foot office building in, in 2006, 2007. And and I can just remember expand. We thought we were going to take the whole building. We then took half, and then all the other challenges. But this is a time. I mean, you know, where everything slowed down. And unless you were a bankruptcy attorney, you know, there was a slowdown going on. And and many people just didn't. Re you know, it was easy to just kind of hide. And you know, the the you know. Talking, but when when we have no phone calls, and I, I mean, I love you know your husband. Yep, the phone's there. I did pay it. It's working. Um, you know how did so you, we're we're at this, and all of us as entrepreneurs, if you were doing any serious business, and you had these moments, these crises. Uh, I know our revenue dropped during that period, forty five percent, and that's a, kind of a little wake up call along the way. Well, how did you react? To, you know, how, how did you deal with it? React to it? I'm not as concerned. But how did you deal with it? That's a big concern we all have. Well, at first, I just thought it was a seasonal thing. You know, I, I, I don't, I want, you know, I don't spend a lot of time, um, you know, watching, you know, negative news. I, I, I think I, I'm much more of a positive person. So if I have free time, I'm reading stuff that's positive, motivating, um, developing certain skills. I'm not sitting there, you know, watching, you know, the depressing news. So quite honestly, you know, I hadn't paid attention to what was going on, you know, outside of my orthodontic practice. And at first I just thought, oh, well, it's just a seasonal kind of thing. It's, it's spring and everybody's getting ready for Mother's Day and graduations and, and planning summer vacation. But um, by the time the summer ended and summer for an orthodontist is the money. June, July, August, I mean, it is like craziness. Like you never take vacation in the summer because you're so busy. We had a devastatingly slow summer to the point that by the time September rolled around, um, you know, we were just at, uh, we were at like half capacity and I was having to, you know, cut back staff hours. Certain staff were already leaving because their husbands had already lost their job. And I realized I went from kind of thinking this was just normal to kind of almost being depressed about it <laughs> and then denial. <laughs> And then finally, I kind of got my act together. I said, okay, this is real. This is here to stay. Things have changed. And whatever we've been doing for the past, you know, 20 some odd years to that point is, is, is not going to work anymore. And we started to roll. I mean, I literally just said, look, we got to do something different. I used to come home at night and joke with my 
children who at the time were 10 and 12 and say, the way things are going, kids, you know, I'm going to have to pull you out of school. And Nate, you're going to be in the back sterilizing instruments. And Karina, you're going to be taking all the, the phone calls and making patient appointments. And my kids would sit there like, no. <laughs> but, I mean, it was just such a free fall. <laughs> and we decided we had to do something different. And the hardest part was our patient base is mostly kids and families, right? They're the ones coming in, you know, getting the braces. The moms and dads are bringing their kids. And you know, 75, 80% of our practice were kids, teenagers. And these people now were losing their jobs, losing their homes. And you can bet they're not going to get braces for their children because they can barely pay their mortgages. So we kind of had to look and say, what other market are we missing? What are, where, what are we missing that is untapped? And we discovered it was a combination of this market of adult patients and combine that with Invisalign. Yeah, because it's... most adults, like yourself, you don't want to wear braces, but you want straight teeth, right? Mm -hmm. So we decided that we were going to focus our attention on getting really good with Invisalign, which is a clear, removable. They're, they're, they're braces, but they're removable. You wear them all the time, but they, you take them out to eat. They're virtually invisible. And the company has been around since 2000, and we were doing Invisalign. But probably it was about t less than 10% of our practice. So 2008, 2009, we just started to target this um, adult baby boomer population who we discovered weren't, they were affected a little bit by the downturn, but a lot of them were very stable because they had already, they owned their homes, they weren't working anymore, they had some money fairly secure in their retirement. And we targeted those retirement um, communities um, really, you know, full on, you know, just direct mail. Um, anytime we could get into those communities and, and you know, bring our, you know, a, a talk to the, to the groups. And within about a 12-month period, 12 to 18-month period, we were able to uh, recoup our losses. Most of the other offices in my area um, were struggling, right? And there were several bankruptcies and dentists. Mm -hmm. who, who's ever heard of a dentist that goes bankrupt? It was really a scary time, but everybody was, no one was like, everyone was hunkering down or they were just in that denial depression stage and they never came out of it. Well, let, let me catch up with you, Donna. You know, this is so important because I mean, one of the things as entrepreneurs, you know, we talk about the ability to pivot. And and when I was listening to your story at the uh, Genius Network, it was it was kind of, you know, it was one of those blindly obvious things that's so often that we don't have happen, you know, that we don't make the change until we have the heart attack. So one of the things we want to do is, you know, for all our fellow entrepreneurs, look now, don't wait for the heart attack because the Nobody gets out of life unscarred. We're going to have these things. And there's a real opportunity here because once we, you know, it's, as you were saying, I'm thinking of my, yeah, I've got family members in their 70s who are getting braces. I've got, you know, yeah. all these friends in high tech who are in their 50s and 60s yeah. that are doing it. And it was kind of like, geez, I thought we were supposed to do that in high school and the whole thing. And, and by changing that, because now all of a sudden, you know, you had this resilient group in a downturn that still had money that wanted this. They didn't know they wanted it. You had to communicate it. So you had to create a marketing campaign to make them aware. They became aware. And boy, I mean, the, you know, the results, not only were you able to recover, but you've thrived through this whole thing. 
Yeah, and, and what was really kind of really, really, I mean, there's been so many benefits. Um, I can't, I mean, it, it's one of those things where you're in the, the darkest depths sometimes of, of your business and you're just like waking up in the middle of the night and you're not knowing exactly what to do. You're in that denial depression mode. <laughs> and then when you finally kind of figure it out, like you know you need to do something different, right? And, you know, declaring bankruptcy was something that my husband and I just, we weren't even in that, we didn't even decide, like that was not in, even in our verbiage. Like we didn't even talk about that, right? And while that probably, you know, looking back on it would have been a very viable option for us, to be honest with you, but we didn't do it. And because we didn't do it and we hunkered down and we, and we really decided to get, because with Invisalign, and it's a it's a it's an appliance that's very advanced, and I know you're in Silicon Valley, and it and that's where it originated. I mean, the corporate headquarters is in Santa Clara, and it's a very high tech customized appliance, and it really takes um, a lot of time and energy to learn how to do it well, mm-hmm. and a, a lot of extra uh, education and. That was the thing that so many orthodontists and, and dentists have been fearful of because it is there is a learning curve to it. And you know what, John, we didn't have a choice. I just had to do it. I mean, we we just had no choice. And we jumped in and you know, I can look back now and say, Well, it was the best thing that ever happened to our practice and to my husband. I mean, to our employees even, they will tell you the same thing. And certainly, I'm now able to treat you know a vast amount of adults that you know would have walked around with their crooked teeth, their poor periodontal conditions, and um, our practice now is about 45 percent adult versus about 15 percent seven years ago. It's amazing, and you know, and that's that's you know one of the things in the free markets. What what happened? I love capitalism because by delivering all this value. You know, you're, you do well by doing well by others, and you've really done that. And what I want to do is go into some of the lessons learned. And, and we talked about this, and let me go to the first one. And, I, you know, this is kind of one of those blindingly obvious ones that we're blind to is, number one, recognize the problem. I and mean, it's so easy to go through the phases that you talked about, Donna, where, you know, we can, we kind of ignore it. We kid ourselves where, you know, hope is not a strategy. I mean, we just, we've got to have something more than that. And, you know, talk about recognizing a problem. How were you, how can you do that now, you know, with what you've learned without getting hit over the head, having the heart attack? Well, (laughs) you know, I think that's a great question, actually, because right now I'm seeing kind of, some things on the horizon. Actually, there's some really big, massive changes going on in the dental profession in general, and that has to do with how dentists practice. Okay, and there's this um, what I would call corporatization of dentistry. Mm-hmm. Uh, private equity has come in and sees, um, you know, how you know how valuable, productive, you know, financially stable a dental practice can be. And right now, there are a lot of um, dentists, you know, signing on and, and selling their practices to these, you know, these private equity groups that are batching the offices together and, you know, becoming kind of a corporate uh, monstrosity, so to speak. So the, the whole private practice dentist orthodontist, I think, you know, it's changing. And, I, and, and it's been happening, but I would say it's accelerated in the last 12 months. With that being said, you know, 
we're kind of looking at it and thinking to ourselves, well, how do we adapt now to this new uh, practice model? And the idea about Invisalign now, maybe it isn't so special. It's become more of a household word. Uh, people are very aware of it. Many other doctors have kind of, you know, come in and, and decided to start doing more Invisalign, which is great because the more people talk about it, the more it becomes a household word. But we're in the process now of looking at, okay, what can we do differently now or what can we add to our practice to keep us ahead of this, this changing world? And, and we already have implemented a few things and we have a pretty good strategy in place right now to um, kind of change our practice model once again and uh, be competitive, you know, at least in, for the next, you know, five to seven years again. This is so critical. I mean, one of the things we all have to do is think about how can we differentiate ourselves and actually even a higher standard, how do we become distinctive? And, and this is with the low interest rate environment going on, yes. the ability to consolidate, do roll-ups in every industry. I, I actually was involved in one in the financial services in the, the uh, late 90s, uh, early 2000s. And I mean, they're extremely profitable due. They aren't necessarily big value creation other than for the free principles that are doing it. But, you know, it's something that they're, they're going to become more professional, these practices. So the, and, and that's, you know, whether you're orthodontics, whether you're, you know, professional services, whether you're a widget manufacturer, this is happening. And so we really got to recognize the problem. Then, Donna, what I want to go to... One of the things I like, you know, number two was make changes right from the beginning of the process. I mean, what are we talking about here? Um, some of the things that we're doing is we're now targeting, um, you know, we're, we're looking at, okay, what else uh, is a big concern for people? And one of the things we learned with Invisalign, especially these adult patients, is that they're very concerned about their health and wellness. And that's a big part of our marketing message to this age group because a lot of times these adults, I mean, I have patients now in their 70s and even their 80s. And you, I mean, yes, they may have still, so they have vanity, they want to look good, but you know what they really want? They want maximum health. They know that their mouth is very important as far mm -hmm. as their overall health, right? So now we're focusing a lot on um, addressing issues related to sleep apnea and obstructive sleep apnea, which affects about 80 million people in the United States. And we as orthodontists are perfect for offering a solution through different types of appliances, for example, that'll help people from you know, uh, snoring, stopping to breathe at night. And it's all part of this um, approach where we're trying to you know, get in front of you know, what is it that people need and where is healthcare going these days? And it certainly is heading into this idea of, you know, for, for, especially for seniors, their new wealth is there. What I like, Donna, is you're taking advantage of Dan Burris, who's a futurist. I did a podcast with, uh, you can Google, Google or search on our website, AES Nation. And Dan talks about hard trends and that we as entrepreneurs have to really focus on hard trends. And one of the hard trends we know is that we're all getting older and certainly the baby boomers are going. And then there's another trend of human longevity that's going on. And this disease of aging affects everyone, including all these research people. So, you know, the desire, I, I always love, I love skiing and um, skiing and having an 80 year old guy or gal is usually mostly guys, but jumping in to the chair with me to go for a run. 
and because he gets a free pass. I'm looking forward to my free pass at 80. <laughs> well, what happens is, you, you, you know, this is as entrepreneurs, what we have to do is really identify where can we do that value in the right place, in the process, earlier is better. And, and this is really good. One of the things though that I love is on number three, on your takeaways, lessons learned, is working smarter, not harder. And the temptation when things start falling apart is just, oh, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna carry it, I'm gonna somehow do it. And Donna, you know, why did you have that as lesson number three? Yeah, work smarter. Yeah, because what happens is, and I and and I was guilty of it in the beginning too. I thought, well, the harder I work, you know, the more results I'm going to get, or the the bigger results I'm going to get. And the reality was that that that's not true. It wasn't happening. In fact, the harder I worked, the more exhausted I got, and the more frustrated I got. So when I say work um, smarter, not harder, you know, it's just focused attention. You know, figuring out, you know, who, and it's kind of like. Who is your ideal patient or client, you know, or customer? And really making sure that everything that you do, that your message is very clear, every piece of marketing, everything your staff is talking about or saying to people, how they're scripting things. And for your for yourself, as the the owner of the business, yeah, sometimes you feel it's like your responsibility to solve all the problems, you know, all the problems in the world, including your practice, right? And the reality is it's not. I mean you need to bring in um, key people to help you sometimes. You need to get maybe a consultant to come in. And sometimes you don't have the money at that moment, you know, or you're feeling like, well, I can barely pay, you know, the mortgage. How am I going to pay a consultant? But, you know, getting uh, key people in to help you and, and also just having very focused, just being extremely focused to the point where when we were focusing on this Invisalign mission, that's all we talked about. Patients came in the door. That's all we talked about. Um, you know, if they wanted braces, we educated them on the benefits of Invisalign. We were, I mean, it was like laser focus. And because of that, I feel like because we were so targeted, um, we were able to see results pretty quickly without having to exhaust ourselves and try to find the next, you know, oh, well, if you really, you know, it was kind of like we were so focused on Invisalign that the blinders were on. And because of that, we were able to just really ramp up relatively quickly. I mean, the downfall was pretty rapid, but the up, you know, within, like I said, within 12 months, things significantly turned around. And by 18 months, we were back to where we were in 2007 before the downfall. No, that's so critical. I mean, you know, in today's world with all the tools that we have to stay focused, we also have all these attention uh, things, you know, trying to distract us. And, you know, and, and, and many of our fellow entrepreneurs have data and you can see really quickly, you know, what's working, what's not. And I mean, this is something I, I have to constantly do myself is, you know, focus on what's working, what is the marketplace telling us that we're delivering a lot of value for and we're being compensated for it. So that value creation, I mean, the marketplace is so good. And sometimes we kid ourselves that if we keep on running really hard, uh, it's going to make a difference. And if, if you're doing the wrong thing and the market doesn't appreciate it, running harder is only going to get you really tired. Uh, but let's go, to, let's go to number four, a focus on something that's so important, uh, the customer service, customer experience. How, how did you deal with this, Donna? This is my favorite part of the whole thing because, you know, we were, um, <laughs> you know, when you, when you lose 30% of your revenue, uh, your marketing budget kind of uh, dwindles rapidly, right? <laughs> and 
So we, we kind of went back to the basics. And I think, you know, and I look back and I say, gosh, you know, I had lost sight of the basics. You know, when you're so busy and you're growing each and every year, sometimes doubling your practice overnight, and, and, and it's kind of happening almost with, you know, without a whole lot of effort anymore, and you get kind of lazy, and you really forget who is really putting money in your bank account. It's your patient, it's your customer, it's your client. So we went back to the basics, and it was simple things that we did. And I'll tell you, it was, um, it was just a relentless focus on the little things. The tiny little things, the you know, uh, the little cards, handwritten cards. I can't tell you how much, uh, how many. We still to this day send out probably at least a dozen handwritten cards a day that my staff is charged with doing to patients. I mean, think about when you get a handwritten card in the mail. It's the first thing you open, isn't it? Of course it is. It's, it's a ra- it's a, yeah, it's so rare that I, I right. like. Who is this? Even when I know it's you know marketing, I still open it up. You still open it, right? And so it was the little things. It was, um, you know, like just we would, for example, like um, like I said, we didn't have a whole lot of money, so we were trying to work with what we had. We had an email list of over five thousand patients, and I know some of you listening to this are going to go, "Well, okay, so that's a no-brainer." But we had never really used the email list for anything other than to remind patients of their appointments. Well, okay, so now I'm faced with a very low marketing budget. And I had 5,000 emails. Well, we started emailing people on a weekly basis. And it wasn't, it wasn't pitching them. It was purely educational. What, are, what is Invisalign? What are the benefits of Invisalign? How does Invisalign work? Because back in 2007, a lot of people really hadn't heard of Invisalign. Um, some other little things we did, I mean, just super, um, <laughs> I mean, some of the stuff seems really kind of like a no-brainer. But think about in your own in your own businesses how many times you don't do this. Like for example, the patients would come to the front desk to check out and reschedule. You know, we we forgot to ask them, Mrs. Smith, how was your appointment today? Johnny, how was your appointment today? Was there anything the doctor could have done differently? Mrs. Smith, did you get all your questions answered by Dr. Galante? I mean, those stupid little questions we had stopped doing. And what was happening? Patients were leaving the office and upset about something, and you know we and. They, we never found out because we never asked, right? We never asked them. Um, we started baking cookies. <laughs> in the afternoon, if you came into our office, you would smell fresh chocolate chip cookies. I mean, so simple, but I'm telling you, people started to say, if we didn't have the cookies one day because we were out of the dough, people would say, where are the cookies? And we started offering, we st- we'd had these little events. I hired... Um, I hired like Santa to come in during the Christmas season and we take pictures with Santa and I hired um, the science magician to come in and he would do these scientific magic tricks in the afternoon. So when patients came in, there was something going on other than, you know, their teeth getting, uh, you know, worked on. It, it was all of this buzz that we created that then what happened was those patients, guess what they did? They referred other patients in. Yeah, no, they want to. Sh- was- they want to share that experience. I want to go. I mean, this sounds right? like a lot of fun. It, exactly. We brought fun back into the office, and um, and it made a huge difference. Without a lot of outflow of money, you know, really, a lot of the stuff I'm telling you is it's really pretty low budget types of things that packed a powerful punch as far as getting new patients in the door and referrals. Yeah, that's great. Donna, let's go to number five. And I know because I met you at a mastermind group that this is, and it's not, 
I don't know how many orthodontics there are in that group. So, you know, it's a rare, I'm, and I'm a financial guy, it's rare too, but uh, you're emphasizing learning and education and, and t you know, telling your fellow entrepreneurs, how do you use that effectively? How would you encourage them to use that? So um, learning, and I mean, to me, you have to spend as, I, I, I spend at least an hour a day 30 minutes for sure, you know, on a tight day, learning something, whether it's, uh, my favorite things to do, honestly, are listen to podcasts, because I'm commuting to my offices, there's four of them, so I'm driving somewhere, listening to a podcast, and for the most, that that's huge. Um, if I am not listening to a podcast, you can bet I'm reading, I probably am reading anywhere between, you know, three and four books a month, and all of that is just so important, because just because you get out of dental school or orthodontic school or you know financial services school or you got your MBA or whatever, um, there's always something to learn. And I'm telling you, I can't tell you how many times I I learned like one thing on a podcast that you know created a you know a fifty thousand uh, dollar you know a day for me the next time I was in the office, or you know maybe one thing I learned about you know even even related to your personal uh, arena, like raising your kids, you know, things about how to be a better parent. Um, it, it's so important. And the people I meet that are constantly in this, what I would call growth model, constantly learning, constantly innovating, constantly hungry for information, you know, are the ones that are, will be able to um, make it through no matter what the economy uh, brings no matter what happens in their world because they always know there's a solution out there. They just got to go find it. Uh, there's no shortage of information. Yeah, no, they totally agree. And I mean, the cost of podcast or a book, I mean, they, they, they're yeah. nominal at most. And the ideas are just amazing. Matter of fact, let me go to the next segment, which is the book of the day. And I'm going to uh, put up on screen your book. Uh, tell us a little bit about it's all about millimeters. So when I, um, after I got through this journey and I came out of it, <laughs> um, I decided, you know, I got to write down, I got to write down the story. And the way it, it actually happened, a patient kind of gave me the idea in a way for the title of the book. Because one day I'm, we're sitting and in front of you in the dental field listening to this, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, you're sitting there with a the patient and you're looking at her teeth and you're saying to her, well, you know, there's like, it's like, it's off about a millimeter. I, I want you to wear those rubber bands just another four weeks. And so we can get that overjet corrected. We get that midline centered. It's off about a millimeter. And this particular patient looked at me. She said, Dr. Galante, she said, look, I love my smile. It looks great. She said, I, I'm really, I'm happy. And, and I said to her, I said, but you know, I forget her name. I said, but my world is millimeters and a millimeter to me, it's like, it's like a mile. Like it's, and she just started <laughs> laughing. She goes, boy, she said, that must be tough to have to measure everything you do in millimeters. And I thought about it and I thought, you know, is it a bad thing? Not really. Because the reality is it's those small things, those and, and in dentistry, it's so true. It's those small things that we do, those millimeter changes, whether they're good or bad, um, they can make or break a certain situation. It can make or break, you know, the way your your crown fits, maybe the way your root canal was finished, you know, maybe your overbite is still off a millimeter. But in our daily lives, think about the small things that we do that make such a big impact. And I and I wrote the book, kind of sharing my 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 journey 
in the first half of the book, you know, from a business perspective about doing the little things to make the big impact. And, and then the second part of the book, I talk about more from a personal standpoint, some of the things that we can do to, to build better relationships, to grow as leaders. And most of us, you know, listening to this podcast, I'm sure that you are goal oriented. You're, you're out there trying to change the world. And the problem is most of us set goals that are huge. They're ginormous. And you look at your goals and you're, you get overwhelmed. So one of the proposals in my book is that, well, take it a millimeter at a time. Start off with one little small step each and every day. And if you do that, you will be blown away how many of your goals you'll accomplish without the worry that, you know, it's overwhelming or they're too big. Because I, I never want to encourage people to lower their goals. All I would do is encourage you to take it a millimeter at a time to get to those big goals. And then that's how you'll succeed. No, I, I love the story, I love the book. And it's it's really, those small changes can have a huge impact. But let's go to something else small. Uh, the smartphone and the, the next segment is the, the application of the day. Uh, Donna, what, what would be the uh, app on your smartphone that you would like to share with your fellow entrepreneurs? Well, I've recently, um, started working with uh, fancy hands and um, there there's definitely a company to look at I absolutely love them it's basically like a virtual assistant um, for you so for example um, you know you can type in like recently there's been a lot of birthdays in my family uh, nieces nephews and I just type in I need a gift sent to my nephew in Florida here's his size and here's his address and you know, within I'm telling you, within five minutes, I get an email back with a couple different choices, and I pick what I want, and off the the gift goes. And I have just found it to be a great resource for us busy entrepreneurs, and very simple to use, very effective, and you can put it on your phone. You you know, you can any time of the day you want to you want to go out to dinner, and you don't have time, you don't want to make the dinner reservations, you ask them to do it for you. Um, they can write, uh, they can do some, I mean, they, they do some pretty amazing things for me. Right now we're trying to plan a Christmas party for my employees and they're doing the research on different venues for me. And, you know, you got a lot on your plate and some of these things, you know, you definitely should turf to fancy hands or some sort of virtual assistant, but I, per, you know, fancy hands has been my go-to in the past several months. And it has mine for a couple of years, Donna, and, uh, I think it's like $45 a month for 15 yeah. or 16. And so yeah. inexpensive and just amazing. But let, let's go to the next one, which is resources. And let me pull up your website and uh, tell me a little bit about what the, the viewers and listeners would find at drdonnagalenti.com. So what you'll find there is it's, it's very much geared for um, you know the dental community, I have a, a blog I write. Although I have to say, um, it, the blog, if you know, when you read it, I'm not talking about necessarily teeth per se. It's more general topics. So that might be something that you might be interested in subscribing to. There's a free report, you know, um, that you can sign up for. I offer some Invisalign coaching um, to dentists and orthodontists. So that's more of a clinical coaching service, and you'll find. On there, um, you know, you can purchase my book. 
You can also uh, see some other vendors that I work with. I have a, a sample download of some marketing materials that I offer, uh, complimentary for those of you that visit my website. So there's there's some really nice resources there, and I think you'll find some some great things. Um, whether you're a dentist or a financial planner, or you're you know you're a baker or a personal chef, you'll find some good things there on that site. Yeah, no, there's a, there's some great insights, and let me go and share kind of my key takeaways with uh, our viewers and listeners. And, you know, as an entrepreneur, I mean, I love Donna's big five. And I'm going to start with them again. One, recognize the problem. And I, I always think of it as, you know, don't wait until the heart attack. And I, I've had, I've never had a heart attack. Don't want to have that. But I've had business heart attacks along the way. And they, they look back, as Donna said, you know, some of the best things come out of it. But let's do it ahead of time. You know, once a year, you know, do your annual plan and have, you know, pretend that you have the heart attack. Do the zero-based, uh, uh, you know, projections. So everything has to be justified. Number two, make changes right from the beginning of your process. I mean, examine that whole process you're doing and, you know, where can you deliver more value and where are you not delivering value? Work smarter, not harder. I'll tell you, this is one that, uh, so many of us as entrepreneurs, we're, we're go-getters. We have no problem working really hard. And unfortunately, so often, because we're working so hard, we're working on the business, Michael Gerber. We're not uh, working in the business. And uh, Michael was one of the key guys, a, a great book, E-Myth. If you haven't read that, you should, no matter what business you are. And getting focused on those important key drivers of your business. Focus on the client service, the experience. I mean, Donna, you know, not all of us. I have a virtual business, Donna. I can't cook cookies. I can, but, uh, you know, then I'd probably put on another 100 pounds. But, <laughs> you know, the, there, there's so many different things that we can do, and it's huge. Uh, I just go on and on on the little things that we do, too. But, I mean, you know, look in your business. Where are those little touches that don't cost anything, like the, the card that Donna talked about? And then emphasize learning and education. I mean, that's one of the reasons I do a podcast is love podcasts. I get to share it with my friends here and as well as books. And I'm in three masterminds. I spend over 100000 a year on really just learning. And I, I do have a couple of master's degree, all the other stuff. And, you know, Donna, you've got all that advanced education. That's just a start. We're on this long journey. We're going to have a great life. Donna, I want to thank you again for you know, your inspiration, you're sharing your message, you're a remarkable individual. And I'm going to encourage everyone to go to AESNation.com to, you can download the transcription, all the show notes, everything Donna and I talked about will be there. And above all, go execute these big five, your current clients, your future clients, and all those future strategic partners, they're counting on you. Don't let them down. Wish you the best of success. Exceptional, remarkable breakthroughs aesnation.com